This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Citizens of the Verse, today is July 12th, 2953, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man with the questions, and pretty much all the creative willpower behind this podcast, Mr. Seagard Olfson. Hello, Seagard. I was just contemplating my navel. What to do with the lint? What to do with the lint? That's the question. He's contemplative. Um, I make usually little hats. grab it and remove it. <laughs> um, but, you know, some people like to, you know, crochet things. That's right. Hats. So uh, we missed a week, but uh, we're back. <laughs> um, it's pretty consistent for us. Yeah, I mean, l- listen, a year ago... We probably had uh, half as many episodes by this point in time, so yeah. we're doing all right. <laughs> so, what have I been up to? Um, yeah, I, I did play a little bit. Uh, in fact, we uh, did some George Dumont stuff. We'll hear about tonight. Um, I did a little bit of that. I did some uh, shuffling of basically. I uh, Russ Roth wanted to try out the. Um, uh, not the hoplite, uh, hammerhead. Tor- the, which one, hammerhead, Harvey Harbinger, Harbinger. Oh, okay. I wanted to check out the Harbinger, so I spent uh, uh, kind of one session just flying around buying parts for one of my Harbinger and upgrading. He paid me, I'd buy the part, and then I shuttled it to him in Grim Hex, and then he used it and uh, found out it was a great little ship. and he uh, bought his own in-game, so. so that was pretty fun. Nice. Yeah, so I did a little bit of that. Um, uh, yeah, I did a little bit of, uh, like, looking around for different ways to do the storyline for George Dumont, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, pretty much that was it. So, Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, apparently... By the way, my memory doesn't serve me right. It was the second half of last year that we were really bad. The first half, we were pre- pretty consistent. We have about the same amount of episodes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what are we up to now? 60? Yeah. Uh, 101? <laughs> oh, I, I haven't counted that far. Yeah. Um, I just counted. We're on episode, I think this is the, yeah, this is the 18th episode of season four. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, and we had about eighteen, I think, by the end of July last year. So yeah, um, not too bad. We yeah. miss a few weeks here and there, um, but we try to keep it consistent. Uh, okay, so um, I did. I did some missions, you know, like uh, 
my typical um, um, salvage missions uh, quite a bit. I've been doing those, you know, a couple, few times a week. Um, a few others have been playing other games. So it's been a smaller group lately um, just because I think, you know, mid-patch. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, today I was going to do some cargo hauling. And when I walked out of the building on um, Rida, or Ryder, not Ryder, it's a different place altogether. Um, when I walked out of the building in Ryder, the wind knocked me over and broke my legs, and I started bleeding, and I bled to death. Really? Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, so I am currently in the hospital. That's crazy. Back in Orison, my poor Carrick is all the way back at, uh, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, why can't I think? Apparently, I can't exit the game anymore, so I'm probably about to, probably about to crash or uh, 30k. But I, I was going to exit for once. I'm actually in, but I'm not playing. I'm actually trying to check out some of the. I bought some of those new uniforms. Oh, nice. Not that I need a bunch. I mean, I've got like, some people collect paint, I collect uniforms. Uh, I hear you. Well, and speaking of uniforms, I mean, it is um, currently uh, mid-Foundation Festival. So we're in the Foundation Festival. For all those who don't know, it's sort of a a time when, uh, I mean, how does CIG sound? It's a... It's a month-long program to strengthen community spirit around the empire by encouraging its citizens to volunteer with local and imperial organizations. So it's a free free play till the 17th. So for anyone who wants to get in on a free free fly, um, you know, you've got another five days. Uh, it started last Thursday, so it's a longer free fly for sure. And the free fly is uh, situated around the different careers that are available in the verse. So they give you access to ship a uh, medical ship, which I think is what the Cuddy read. Right. Um, they give you access to right. the prospector. They give you access to the uh, vulture um, for FPS combat, the Valkyrie pioneer. And, maybe they're the pioneers, not in game. Oh, no, the, uh, prospector i was thinking yep mining is the prospector and then uh, cargo hauling is the freelancer uh and then this is a point where they're really pushing the guide system so anyone who's trying to help others uh within the career within a particular career can um help them using the guide system and you'll get a foundation festival paint and there's some other little perks uh so that some perks include um some of the rewards. Let me just tell you right now. I did that. I did do that yesterday. I did that with Droz. Yeah. There's some stuff I was, you know, we were, it's just chatting kind of is what it is, but we were on discord and talking and, and it was, I mean, it was useful. I, I think it's good. I didn't realize that it like opened up a chat window for you and that's how you did it. I thought it was some kind of, you know, link up in game or something like that. So it was actually good to experience. And mm-hmm. I think it's kind of promotes um, cooperative play. Uh, I thought that was, yeah. I think that was all right. No, 
Well, for those who don't know, the rewards are pretty straightforward for one successful guide session. So 30, 30 minutes of a guide session and verified endorsement from the recruit, you get a Black Foundation Festival in-game beanie. Uh, for two successful guide sessions, a Turquoise Foundation Festival beanie and three equals Foundation Festival in-game cap. The recruits um, for one successful session they get a um whoops why did that pop up in my face go away no microsoft what happened uh, it's just the random like news popped up or something oh uh one successful guide session a gemini lh86 pistol two successful p4 ar rifle three successful multi-tool set with the um, orbit mining attachment, the Cambio Light SRT attachment, which is the salvage, I think, um, the t SRT attachment can, and the tractor beam. So all the good attachments. <laughs> um, and then uh, also uh, you can also receive some paints, as we mentioned. So for um, basics, you get... The Drake Cutlass Black. Um, uh, for um, vehicle combat, you get a skin for the Gladius. FPS, you get one for the Valkyrie. Mining, you get it for the Prospector. Uh, missions, you get for Misk Freelancer. Trading, you get for the Caterpillar. Touring, you get for the Origin 600i. Um, miscellaneous, you get the Star Runner. Refueling, you get the Starfarer. Medical, you get the Cuddy Red uh, paint. And then Salvage the Vulture, Racing the Razor. So pretty okay. cool stuff. They also um, will reward one unique armor and weapon set to both guide and recruit, completing at least three successful sessions each weekend. So a total of four unique sets are available. They'll be uh, um, for each weekend. So if you missed last weekend... You missed out on the Lodestone armor and sniper rifle set, but uh, this weekend um, you're eligible for the Archangel. Next weekend, the Canudo, and the final weekend, the Rhyme. Uh, yeah, and you'll That's receive cool. also, if you do one for all four weekends, you'll receive the Wildwood armor and sniper rifle kit, so you can collect all five. So good stuff. One bit of controversy that we should talk about is um, a lot of people are buzzing and are kind of angry about that. They have these armor set packs that they're selling um, with the foundational foundation right. festival. And it's called one of them's called a ready for anything career kit. It's 10 bucks. You know, it's not expensive yeah. or anything. And it comes with to come with, I think it comes with the uh, I'll go through the list. Cause I have it right here. Uh, it's a MacFlex backpack white, a pyro multi-tool, the mining attachment, the tractor beam attachment, healing attachment, the RSI Venture helmet, core, arms, and legs, the undersuit, and then a bearing P4AR and a container. Um, but, you know, what people are annoyed at is, you know, for people coming into the game and are brand new and are being drawn by this, they're going to pay 10 bucks and... If they die, they lose it till the next patch, and they don't know that when they see that purchase. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Seagull? Well, 
I I get that. I get that. And uh, I, Joe, I've been dealing. I have lots of uniforms, right? I have you know mm-hmm. all of pretty much. Yeah, I'd say eighty percent of the of the equipment you could buy in helmets and suits and all of them. Um, so I, their point is valid, right? But there is a way to recover your stuff just by doing a character reset, right? And that's not in, in terms of, I thought you could do a character reset right now. No, I think the character reset is um, only now it's like, it's not the same. So you can't recover your things to be a character reset anymore. They're working on a solution, but they don't have one. Oh, I thought that actually worked still. And the only thing you didn't gain, you didn't, in other words, it didn't reset your money and it didn't reset your, um, uh, yeah, it's been probably four weeks since I did that, five weeks. It worked for me. So I get right. Yeah. And, and as I understand, you know, I've been playing again for a long time since 2013, I think. And, um, Mm. And I have, you know, used those suits hundreds of times, especially the Mac Flex, the brown Mac Flex. Mm. I've used oh, those the, uh, so many times in game, right? It's, the um, Rust Society one? Yeah, the Rust Society, mm-hmm. and, you know, the coats and the pants and the, you know, the yeah. Discovery ones. I've used those so many times. Um, I It's been worth every penny. The the other thing is, is that I think that's an interim thing. I think it will be, um, you know, a little bit of a little bit of a guess on my part or assumption, but there is some facts that make me lead that way. At one point, way back when, I did ask whether items you purchased would be LTI like ships, right? And they said you will always have access to things that you paid money for. Mm. Right, that was one. Uh, so th- that right there makes a lot of sense to me, right? Um, yeah, it, and it does make sense to have little things like that. Does it mean that you're not going to get it back? You know, it's like LTI. This, if you spent a hundred thousand dollars on, or let's say you spent twenty bucks on a ship and your insurance runs out. You know, it does sound pretty grim that you're not going to be able to get your ship back unless you want to earn some money and buy it back, right? In game. Yeah. That is certainly true. We know that will be absolutely the truth. You will always be able to earn it and buy it back. So, yeah, you spent money you probably didn't need to. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, they could also come out with, a, you know, and they do, they adjust over time and they say, well, Maybe we'll let you have it back, but maybe it'll take a week before you get it back. They're going to adjust this to be playable. They're not there to screw people in the long run. Uh, I suspect it was an oversight. Um, yeah, it's just a, I think it's a bad look. That's all. And I, I don't think I agree. mean I agree. to. But the one of the things that people don't think about is a lot of the marketing decisions that they make, that stuff gets locked up. Ages ago was when they decide those things. Right. right. Um, and, and even the marketing decision that's made is not necessarily implemented because the technology is not mm. set up that way. Right? I mean, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind they can look at every transaction that they've made. There's no doubt in my mind. They have that yeah. data. Right. Um, 
So I, I think, you know, I think they will do the right thing um, or, or at least do their best to do the right thing. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I, yeah. I do, I do think there's some valid concern there, but I don't know that this is the sky is falling. Right. Yeah. I, I really find that, you know, I hear people all the time, how easy this is, man, if I was doing it, you know, crap, I've held a job since I was 15. And you know what? It's always a lot easier than I think it is. Right. And after a while, I started realizing nothing's easy. Don't volunteer for shit. Because <laughs> it's just freaking hard. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'll just, that's it. Yeah. They, they have a valid point. Yeah, I I I fall under similar like listen like well part of it is if you're the one referring someone in you know have the talk with them first you know right hey don't buy any of this extraneous stuff right. um you know I would even if I was if I was referring someone in um first of all like if it were my brother um cuz I have a twin brother and he likes video games but we play different types of video games right but if I were referring him in, I first of all, I wouldn't refer him in. I would buy him a game package and I would gift it to him. Right. And then I would say to him, do not, under any circumstances, buy any other ships. Um, because one, I have enough. And two, like, there's plenty of people around who are looking for crew. Like, don't waste the money. You can buy a lot of them in game. Don't do it. Right. But, you know. If someone is drifting over to the site and they see that, then they're like, oh, I, I might have to buy this in order. I think the hard part is people don't know what they get when they start the game. And I I think a lot of people join the game after research anyway, so they're not necessarily completely aloof to things. But still, it might seem a little too... If they don't know that that's something they're going to have yeah. in their account that'll refresh, they might not. You know, it, yeah, I, it, they, it's, it's going to leave a bad taste in our mouth. Yeah, and that's that. I think that's my worry. You know, one of the things morphologists said was that's something that they could they should get as a reward for completing the tutorial. Bingo. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that'd be a good idea to create. It would. And that's the thing that they still haven't done yet besides the like Halloween stuff is they don't have um, they don't have a function in game to immediately reward someone <laughs> for completing a mission with a physical object, um, which hopefully they can do in the future. Like imag imagine if you could get some medals for things or even, you know, when you're doing racing, if you win the Murray cup, you get the Murray cup. Right. Well, you know, and, and there is something to be said for that, that you can also easily understand where if they said, hey, you can earn this by taking these learning things, other people mm -hmm. would be going, that's not fair. I had to earn it and buy it in game and you're just giving it to them for listening. All right. You know, there mm -hmm. would just there would, you know, oh, my God, I've spent weeks doing this on my own and learning and now they're going to be equal to me day one. And you gave them the fancy uniform. And, and other people going, wait a minute, you know, if they don't have to pay for it, why should any of us pay for it, right? It, it just goes on and on. They're never going to satisfy everybody. They're just not. Yeah. No. And I do think that this is the, the proper way to do this is just to say, yeah, we should have notified you. 
and by the way, we're gonna if you've already bought it, we'll you know we'll give you your money back, take back the item, and you can earn it in game. Something along those lines, right? I mean, yeah. You know, I spent yeah. my money, and I've known from the beginning what it entailed and the risk and everything else. And I'm and there are times when it was uncomfortable. I'm like, boy, I'm a dumbass for doing this. Pretty much yeah. every day I say that, whether it's about this or anything <laughs> else. But uh, you know, it gets to the point where you're going, holy crap, people are starving, and you've spent how much on a game? But yeah. uh, on the other hand, I don't do anything else. I mean, I have a life, but not much of one. No, I have a good life. Uh, but you know the idea, right? It's my right to spend yeah. my money, right? Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. And I let's think- face it, if anyone's spending $10 on something like that, then they must have some disposable income or, Correct. or you know, I would hope at least. Correct. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, so I just, I yeah, I'm a little gun shy about jumping on on them for everything they do. That's one I probably, yeah, in hindsight, you could address that. I could see the issue. Um, on the other hand, one of the options is to do nothing. Right? Yeah. I wish they waited to do it until they had a better, like, in-game system for recovery, like an insurance system. But, you know, yeah. it'll be in soon enough. And I don't think anyone's going to be so bummed by the $10 purchase. You know, sometimes I play those stupid games where you have to pay money so that you don't have to watch ads for a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't complain, but you know, and, and, and that those games are predatory AF, right? Despite microtransactions, they get you real hard. Right. Um, not me, but a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, so we didn't have an ISC last week, but we missed inside star citizen from the week before. Cause we didn't record last week. Um, and that was the episode. It was the last episode of the quarter. Um, and it was all about what's coming to replace Port Alisar. So for those who didn't watch it for some reason, um, they CIG created a brand new station. It's in the style of some of the other low orbit stations that you see. So like Port Tressler, et cetera. Um, and it is named Seraphim station. Uh, it takes a lot of visual cues from Port Alisar. Um, as you would expect, it has all the amenities that you would want within a space station. So food, um, medical care, cargo. Um, they still aren't 100% sure what they're going to do with the existing Port Alisar. Um, they're going to remove it for the, from the game for now um, because it is a legacy asset and takes up a lot of, um, from my understanding, it takes up a lot of space or sort of um, requirements. presence. Yeah, uh, but they're not a lot of objects. It's not the most efficient in game, but I understand. Yeah, it's not built in an efficient way. Um, But they're not going to completely get rid of it. They've decided, um, you know, and they decided essentially to replace it now because, um, you know, with the coming introduction of the whole C. Um, You know, and part of the problem with PO, for those who don't understand, CIG does not want landing pads unless it's something that will not remove your ship from the game. So a lot of people have been complaining about it because, you know, it has elevators. First of all, I don't think it's too challenging to, to navigate a station without too many issues. I get it. You wake up out of bed, you walk downstairs terminal, 
you know, landing pad, it's easy, but they don't want ships popping in and out of the game. So like all the other stations now that it's hangar based, there are landing pads, but the landing pads will never remove your ship from game. Now, granted, if you log out, it'll eventually, I think it, no, it'll stay there. Won't it? Uh, yeah, it'll, you'll just appear. I think it does disappear in the game when you log out eventually. Yeah. But it reappears. But It won't be, but it won't be available in the station. Right. You won't recall it. So, you know, that's, that's the idea going forward. They don't want things popping in and out like that. Right. Um, but also PO just wasn't modular enough to accommodate any future additions to gameplay. So for example, um, they have a security section of the station that they're implementing. Um, sounds like in the near term for uh, bounty hunters to be able to drop off their captured criminals um, so that you can go drop them off at Seraphim Station or even some of the other low orbit um, stations to collect your reward, get some new missions, etc. So it's not easy to do that without the transit system in the station because, you know, if not, you'd be walking forever. So, uh, you know, that's the idea. It looks very similar to PO in a lot of ways and very different in other ways. Um, I, for one... I'm slightly disappointed that they didn't go with a little bit of a different aesthetic from the other stations, but I think it looks great. You know, what are your thoughts, Seagard? I thought it looked awesome. And, uh, you know, I was kind of, uh, I I do like it. I think it's, uh, it's a big station. It's very big. I think it's actually the biggest, isn't it? Did they say that? Yeah. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a city in space. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold them accountable for that when I'm in California. What the hell were you thinking, Seraphim City? City in space, but that would have been a brilliant idea. I am brilliant. That would have been. I'd so love good. to see a station under a dome, kind of like a microtech yeah. dome, but it's a station. I think we'll get stuff like that in other systems. Yeah. That's what I was really envisioning. I just that's kind of what I I thought it would be kind of like. Uh, but mm. yeah. It's all right. It's all good. I haven't seen too much I don't like about anything they've made. Yeah. Um, so I can't it looks really like a great station. Either. The views of Crusader from it are still amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure it'll have its own character. You know what I'd like to see is in the early days of Port Alasar, there were, like, videos of the shutters closing when they were just starting yeah. to show it. Right? I would I wonder if we're going to see any of that because that would be a neat thing. It was uh, in the Habs that yeah. they had the shutter. Yeah. yeah. And you could walk by and see the, the light beams coming through from the sun and kind of go from I dark to light. If I'm not mistaken, if I recall my video history well enough, because um, this is how sick I am, occasionally I'll even go back and watch videos. Oh, yeah. I think this was either, this was one of three things. I think it was either. Um, <clears throat> Gamescom, um, CitizenCon. I think it was Gamescom though, but it was either Gamescom, CitizenCon, or the holiday live stream, and which they used to do and they don't do anymore. Yeah. But what what the video was for anyone who's curious, and I, I'll I'll find a link to it and post it in the notes. Um, but it was essentially 
uh, a, gr- a group of people woke up in Port Alisar. They were in different looking Habs. This was, was this before the PU went yeah. live? I think this was still yeah. when you had to, like, you either woke up um, on Area 18 or you woke up in Alisar. Yeah. That's, I think, I think that's it. I think I think it was like right when 2.3 or 2.0, whatever it was. Yeah. But it was a group of people. They got up, closed the sh- one person got up, closed the shutters or opened the shutter in their hab and it was a bigger, slightly bigger hab than what we have in the easy habs and it had a beautiful view of space and the rings of Port Alisar and they got up, he got up got dressed, went through the station, met up with his group, and then they went and took a Connie out to find essentially an abandoned um, retaliator. And you see them spacewalk over to the retaliator, go in, um, and it's low gravity, and they actually had to go and fix components to turn the gravity back on and get the atmosphere. And then they flew the retaliator. And it's like, that's one of those videos where clearly they kind of gamified it. And it was kind of like a yeah. prototype of what they were looking for. Yeah. But now if you look at that, we're not even close. We're still working on that stuff. Yeah. You know? But, but the it retaliator was cool looks good. The, the retaliator looks good. Right? I see, mean. I find the retaliator to be a ugly. Oh, not, not the retaliator. The um Reclaimer? No, no, it's the smaller, the the one that was in, created by the team. Um, oh, you're thinking of the. Um, why can't I think of things these days? The one with the <laughs> nutcrackers. The uh, yeah, the nutcrackers. That's exactly um, it. The gunship. Uh, it's not retaliator. It's um, not reclaimer. Aging minds. Yes, it really is. Yeah. We're sad. We're we're losing it, dude. I know. I can't. Uh, it's the Redeemer. Redeemer. Yes. You're right. But the one that they went into was a tally. A tally. Yeah. Um. But I'll find that video. But it was it was cool at the time, and I. It's funny. I keep when when I feel like there's a content drought or when you know. Star Citizen's not giving me what I need. I just go back to like really old episodes of Across the Around the Verse, and um, and or I watched. I've probably watched every Gamescom and Citizen Con multiple times. Uh, but it's okay. sort of like I kind of want to like catch up on. Like I want to make sure I remember everything, and I don't know. It's weird. I'm I'm a crazy person. Well, one day watch one day. This will be one of those movies like that Tetris movie is now. Oh, yeah. they'll do a biopic of Chris Roberts and the biggest crowdfunded thing ever. Yeah, I agree. We'll be two of the aging cronies. Well, we left our stuff yeah. to our grain. We'll kids. just show all the fat old losers. That just play this game. <laughs> no offense yeah. to any, any fat old losers. Out there. This is more self-deprecating than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um uh and then last week we got a star citizen live it was all about production so they had jake on there um 
as well as a, another gentleman. I, I'll be honest, I didn't really watch a lot of it because those aren't the those aren't the ones for me. Um, but it was all about you know being a producer and and what production looks like. They talked about internal tools, uh, internal planning and scheduling. You know, reducing risks. Um, and you know, while while it could be some interesting stuff, it, it's a little generic. Um, if you find that stuff interesting, definitely take a look. Like, don't uh, don't let me sway you. Um, but did you check it out at all? I watched a little bit of it. And I've, you're, I've a, been, you're a project manager, so you, you yeah. can relate to a producer. It was too much like work. The uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, definitely. I mean, definitely. It's it's a lot of those things ring true with me, and it just it uh, you know it. it it just that's the life that's just the life right it's uh whether you're doing infrastructure for networks or you're doing software development or you're doing construction projects i mean that stuff all rings true um i was actually laughing because i can't remember if it was you or i can't remember who i was talking to saying that jake at one point had a beard and Mm -hmm. he looked like cornelius from rudolph the red nose reindeer the the, the minor, yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, did you see the beard today, or on that show? Yeah, that's that's the way he always looked in my mind. I yeah. don't think he looks like Cornelius though. Oh man, he looks just like him. He just no. Oh, yeah. look him up. Look him up on Rudolph. Look up the the, the minor from Rudolph Red Nose Reindeer. Gets no. Him. Yes. No. First of all, he's got. A he's red much beard. thinner, but it, yeah, and and Cornelius has a red beard. Yeah, his is a little red, a brownish red. Yeah, what? A, I don't see the I don't see the resemblance at all. <laughs> he's, he likes you better than me right now. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, Jake. <laughs> um, uh, this week ISC is still on hiatus. By the way. Um, we probably got another, I think next week and maybe the week after it's usually about a month. <clears throat> so at least another week of no ISC, if not two. Um, but we do have a star citizen live, uh, and this one should be kind of interesting. Uh, I think, um, they have Sean Tracy. Um, so the senior tools and tech content director, right. Uh, as well as Duncan Bunting, who's a lead gameplay programmer, and they're going to, you know, answer questions about Arena Commanders past, present, and future. Um, interesting enough that you know, Sean Tracy's also known as the Theers of War guy. Oh yeah, and for some reason, without any context in um, the uh, leaks Discord, aka Pipeline. Uh, they posted thumbnails for Theaters of War. So I wonder if that's still coming maybe later this year. I don't supposedly at the Bar Citizen in Hong Kong or one of the Bar Citizens somewhere. Yeah. Um, they mentioned that Theaters of War isn't completely shelved. It was like paused for a little bit. And I think maybe it had to do with trying to get Arena Commander up to, you know, a better standard for like getting into the game and getting gotcha. things going, but we'll see. Yeah. 
Uh, should be good. You could still submit questions and vote upvote questions on Discord. So I mean, I on, never uh, know how to do that. I uh, I just never know where I well, submit you, my questions. And so if you go to the uh, this week in Star Citizen, it always has a hot link to go uh, to that section in Spectrum, and then that's where you could add your question or you could upvote questions. Well, I'm going to have to do that then. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, the highest upvoted question by far is, do you have plans to add Theaters of War into Arena Commander? Oh. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> oh, someone asked a really good question from Slipstream, actually. Uh, Voltec said, will you please push Star Marine further with large-scale maps, 50-50 battlefields, Etc. Um, so should be should be good stuff. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, I'll probably watch it on the train ride to Connecticut. So I, I'm going to my nephew's oh high school graduation party. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. it's scary though because you know he's a little yeah. moment in time that reminds me of how how quickly I'm aging. I'm 61 and I'm the youngest in my family. Other you know my family, I got kids, but yeah. It's like, man, I'm feeling old. Even though I'm not. I'm the second youngest by 10 minutes. Ah, that's right. You're twins. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 minutes after me. <laughs> but I was the skinny one when I was born, and now I'm the fat one, and he's the skinny one. It's not fair. <laughs> it's funny because I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I don't know what it is. My brother's name is Ken. And I'm like, Ken, he gains if he gains 15 pounds... He just starts weighing his food. He Does just he starts really? weighing his food and will just like reduce his cal- caloric intake and like not drink beer for a couple months or reduce the amount of beer. Like he'll be like, oh, I'll just have one on a Saturday. I guess it means my fif- technique. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. If I gain 15 pounds, guess what I do? I gain another 15 because I'm depressed that I gained 15. Exactly. And start, exactly. You know, I shame eating myself. So you go get a bag of shot chocolate or a chocolate and eat it. Like, why do I even bother? I'm just a fat bleep. <laughs> Screw this. I'm like, how does he have this self control? He's also the, the one who never, like, of all my siblings, he's the least um, prone to emotional swings. So, uh. like, He'll never get into an argument. He'll rarely raise his voice. He barely talks. And then occasionally when he does, he has like, my family feeds off of each other's humor and everything. It's like my sister and I are like, we don't shut up. We'll just talk and talk and make stupid jokes. And we'll make the same joke over and over again. And as long as people are laughing, they'll feed our egos. (laughs) My twin will sit there silent, but then he'll crack a joke and it will be the funniest thing you've heard. (laughs) <laughs> all night it's Some really people like that they, they they don't say a lot but when they say something you want to listen it's like oh, it's meaningful yeah. yeah well that means he has high eq you know yeah that's exactly i, I have high eq but maybe that's just my <laughs> maybe i think that yeah, i i go purely like, on, what a dum-dum i go purely on the volume of things i spew for some content <laughs> 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 um this week also we got a roadmap roundup um not huge but some interesting a little bit a couple tidbits nothing uh nothing to jump 
for joy over, but it does say to me we're pretty close to 3.20 because uh, on the release view, they added the following cards. Seraphim Station, a newly fully operational station positioned in the skies above Orison. The station houses multiple shops, cargo services, refuel, repair, and more. Another addition is new Crusader platforms, adding three new points of interest in Crusader's atmosphere, providing new locations for missions and loot. And then the following features have passed their final review. Therefore, we are toggling their status to committed. Arena Commander, Experimental Game Modes, These limited time game modes range from simple twists on current modes to entirely new modes. This initiative will not only allow rapid iteration of game modes, but to be put in players' hands faster, but also allow all teams to gather vital analytic data for specific activities, equipment, vehicles, and in development features. So that one has been added, uh, marked as committed. The salvage contracts cover up missions are marked as committed. So players will be contracted to strip the gang markings and paint off of a ship that was used in a crime that the gang doesn't want to get caught for. Security forces will also be searching for the ship to confirm and prosecute whoever had committed the crime. Uh, Miss Cole C is marked as committed. Uh, As well as wheeled vehicle handling improvements, updates, and improvements to current ground vehicle movement parameters and simulation, allowing for a more robust tuning and identity between various ground vehicles. Right. So those were all marked as committed. So most of of the cards for 320 have been marked as committed, and we got two more that sound pretty likely. I mean, what what are your thoughts? You think 320 is coming kind of weirdly early? I I said that. I said I thought it was going to come early. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to recall if we said it on the podcast or if we just mused no, it. And, I'm um, pretty sure I said it on the podcast. Um, but irrelevant because uh, I've been wrong, as we know, with Seraphim Station. The uh, thank you very much. The um, <laughs> yeah, I do think it's going to come earlier because I actually thought that everything had slipped quite a bit, but they were trying to move back towards getting on schedule. And that's why I was thinking it was coming earlier and that that would leave them time to get the next thing out for citizen con. Yeah. Because right now, every time we do an event like citizen con or Invictus, it's with a release, right? They've pushed right up against these things. And that makes it very complex because it's actually two different releases. You're pushing out the new release, which isn't, you know, hasn't been fully stressed yet until it gets deployed. At least in the past, mm-hmm. it hasn't because the testing wasn't there. The, yeah. the advanced testing wasn't there. The automated testing, uh, they were testing, um, and then they were throwing on top of that. They were deploying, you know, the act, you know, the new dressings in the ship. Mm-hmm. you know, display areas and the new items to be sold and all that. So, and then mm-hmm. they had to back all that out again after it. So I, I do think they're trying to get ahead or get, yeah. at least get some more buffer room in there. I, I well, would, and I, if I was there. And I would say for context too, two things lead me to believe this besides, um, well, one, the amount of things committed, the only 
the only things not committed for 320 right now. Although they still call it Q3 2023, so that's what it's tentative for. But they didn't say where in Q3. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the only things tentative are new Crusader platforms and new missions retrieve consignment. Only two things. Now, we already have in um, we already ha- have seen Evocati with master modes being tested in arena commander and then a more broad arena commander test was supposed to be starting but they didn't seem that i didn't see anything come out for it but so they're already evo testing some things i mean i guess the question is do we think they're going to sneak in any other features between now and and release because there could be well i'm wondering um you know there was a little spur of conversation a couple weeks back about um, the Quanta, right? We've been working with a little bit of interaction with Quanta for the last couple of months. Um, and, you know, everyone's kind of complaining, oh, you know, they've been silent, you know, all these promises. And then it kind of died away again. So I wonder if we're not, if something's not coming out. If that wasn't spur, spawn, you know, raised for a reason. Um, it would make sense with something the size of the whole C coming out to have some kind of uptick in how the economy works. Yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing is we haven't heard. I don't, in fact, I, I just didn't hear you talk anything about it was the improvement in the Vulcan API, like further adoption of it, uh, which should yeah. give us improvements that, could be very likely given the fact that they're bringing in, you know, Seraphim Station is coming, right? Yeah. Well, um, they they did say that they would, you know, they, that was something that they would be continuously sort of integrating correct. further into the game, so it might not be posted as an update. And we haven't seen, um, you know, there was a lot of information about AI over the mm-hmm. last couple months. Um, once or twice in the shows, but also some things on the roadmap, but then it kind of died away. Mm. We haven't seen a new bartender lately or any, you know, and I say bartender, uh, a character in, I think the last uh, mission one was, giver. Yeah. The, well, not a mission giver, a person who um, like serves you at the bar. You walk up, can I get you a drink? And he's wiping the glasses. He's doing all those routine uh-huh. tasks in a more lifelike manner than just tea posing. Um, and I think the last one they did, they added it to the coffee stand, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, we don't see one at the hot dog stand. We don't see one at the Coke stand. You know, we don't see that in any change in how you interact with the guy at uh, uh, Tammy and Sons, you know. It's not, um, I'm not even supposed to be working today. You know, man, anyone I can't stand that happen? one. I know, I can't stand it. I mean, it just, uh, you know, there's a lot of places where you could start implementing those activities, right? Moving around, hanging clothes mm-hmm. up, taking clothes down. You know. Um, so I'm just wondering there's AI. Yeah. AI Vulcan and the uh, economy. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something along those. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like something else has to come or maybe it won't be an announced feature, but I feel like, I mean, Listen, I'll be fine if it is as is because I'm not – I'm at a point where I've been enjoying the game 
And I'm hoping we just continue to see more stability. And the more stability we have, the better I feel. I wonder how Bounty is going to work with the, you know, the new ability to turn people in, deliver them, shall we say. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be the surrender capability. Remember, you used to be able to Probably. surrender. I would imagine so. Yeah. I think um, I have a feeling they are close to Bounty Hunting 2.0, but are still thinking about edge cases. So I think that's the next patch. Right. But I also think we're going to get an interim patch between... I, I think we're going to get a 3.21, a 3.21. Can, can I ask you one question? So and this is yeah, just... Uh, you know, I have this theory that a bunch of stuff's going to drop when Squadron 42 gets announced, right? And starts coming out. Um, mm-hmm. Are any of the things that you kind of looked at there tied to squadron 42 or all the items they're listing things that are not tied to quad or squadron 42. So the item you mean for 320? Yeah. And even on the roadmap right now, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, you know, they were saying new alien warship. I would say, Oh, well, that's probably in squadron 42. That's interesting. You're releasing it. Squadron must be way off. Right. Um, the fact that they're not releasing something from squadron, 42 could also mean something. They're not announcing yeah. it, right? They're screening it, in other words. Yeah. I think, so two things that say to me, we're getting there. Now this is, you know, I fall into the camp of hopeful slash feels like we could be getting an announcement at Citizen Con for a release with probably at least a year of testing between citizen con this year and its release. Um, and they'll probably, I feel like they will release it on like an anniversary or a citizen con type. Um, but I think we've got probably a year of testing slash marketing. Um, the things that jump out to me that approach squadrons readiness. One, we know, um, based on what they've said, the whole C, is a is a featured ship within the in the game yeah so there might be a set piece or a mission around that and the fact that we're getting that in game now might be a good sign two is the fact that they've been testing master modes in the 320 arena commander and master modes being really important for uh you know gameplay in general for squadron um, because that's where they're starting with it before um, moving it into the um, moving into the PU, and they'll probably test it in Arena Commander quite a bit um, to make sure it's polished before moving it into the PU, or maybe they'll move it into the PU after some tests in Squadron. Um, so th- those are some of the things, but also even when you read the monthly report um, for Squadron, less and less sound like major tech barriers and more polish. Right. Um, you know, it just sounds like they talk about control surfaces being in the game. They talk about um, the new MFDs being integrated throughout the game already. And those are some of the things that I think are kind of important. So, you know, while I can't speak to, you know, I can't say for certain, I would never bet money on whether or not Squadron was coming out 
you know, within I wouldn't either. 14 to 16 months. Um, I'm more like I'm more comfortable in saying the end is nigh um, because just everything seems a lot less. Um, it just seems like there's just a lot less stuff that they have to finish. Um, and when you hear it, it all just sounds like, you know, re-looking through missions to make sure everything feels smooth, like, you know, flow. Here's one. Uh, a lot of it's sort of like the AI tools that you see. And it's like just making sure like they finalize dynamic pathfinding regeneration. Cool. Right. That allows. Right. Um, you know, um, I don't even, I'm reading it and I don't even know what it means. It's like, it's to me, a variability in how the AI responds. Yeah. Yeah. And like it can change in a moment's notice. Um, they worked on NPC enter exit, um, airlocks into EVA, you know, and zero gravity traversal and vaulting and all that stuff for, um, movement. But all of it sounds like a lot further along than being like, Hey, you know, we're, uh, we're doing this and the, I, I keep saying nothing when I'm just speaking right now, but it, you know, it sounds pretty far along. Yeah. Okay. I think sounds too early stage. So it feels like it could be in a good place. Right. Yeah. No, I started getting suspicious way. I mean, quite, a, you know, me, why, I, I live on hope. Yeah. Know, so, I mean, it's, uh, but you I mean, know, you're right. I, when they moved over, yeah, that's a big sign. That's what you were thinking, and well, that was definitely that was one where I went, "Oh, yeah, this is a major push. This is a big decision. Mm-hmm. This is not whether the game will be finished. It's now when will it be finished." That well, is for and certain. Think about it this way too. Jake Ross was in their Manchester office. He's in their Austin office. Yeah, what's he doing over there? Right? Did he move over? Um, you know, so yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I'll be excited to see what happens come CitizenCon. And speaking oh, of yeah. CitizenCon, by the way, tickets are uh, – there's still general admission tickets available. So if you are interested in going, if you go to the pledge store and go to extras, um, event tickets, you can find the the, you know – standard access ticket unfortunately that's what seaguard and i have <laughs> yeah that's as right. well <clears throat> yeah. but uh you know we're going to be there um the vmzo is going to be there uh who else i drove the list um Droz Droz is going to be there Strat- um i don't know um quadnum quadnum yeah on the wall yeah who else is going to be there I, think, uh, I don't know about NetMage. I think NetMage, but I'm not sure. Yeah, no, he said he got a ticket. Okay, good. He got a VIP, no less. Oh, man. Um, uh, Eskar is going. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh. So we'll have the, the three the three guards. Skyguard, Eskar, and Seaguard. <laughs> Gar and guards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it should be fun. Uh, we're I'm gonna definitely make us t-shirts, and maybe maybe we'll put like um maybe we can make like a parlay house patch 
Or yeah, that's what I was thinking about trying to come up with something like that. I'm trying to look, and I tried previously to make those shirts, and uh, mm. and they the company wouldn't do it because they said it was a copyright, even though it's from the, you know, the Star Citizen logo is from um, uh, the uh, what's the package they let everyone use for their websites and everything else. And oh, I wasn't yeah. selling them. I was just, but I guess. I wasn't having them shipped to my house either. I was having them, um, people could go there and buy them on their own. Oh, yeah. So, so that's probably the difference now that I think about it. Yeah. I found yeah, some doing really that. nice ones. They had different colors and, and, uh, yeah, it looked, it was pretty good. So I'll make some for, for us and maybe I'll make some extras to just hand out to yeah. people. Yeah. Um, excellent. So that brings us to, the ongoing story of Monsieur Georges Dumont. Personal Journal, George Dumont, July 11th, 2953. I don't know what's going on, but things have been strange lately. First of all, Sigurd has been stressed and keeping his distance. He hasn't fired me, but I don't know what is going on. He's clearly preoccupied with something. Second thing is that Geeky and Lusteroff have been meeting with Sigurd a lot. I knew they referred opportunities to each other but didn't know they had such a significant connection. Frankly, the changes are unsettling. All this has driven me to look for some side work. I recently took a mission from Sergeant Blackthorne. I'm not sure if he is a sergeant or if that's just a fancy title. I took out my ship and headed to my rendezvous with Blackthorn at the agreed-upon location. Blackthorn was there when I landed and gave me instructions to land ramp to ramp with him. Once I sat down we met on the ship ramps. The mission was to conduct a hit on George Castanza. Seemed simple enough and it looked like I could be back to my room by dinner. The money was okay, so I didn't even have to haggle for more pay. Blackthorn was really considerate and gave me a nice set of black dust-up armor and a free gallant rifle. Blackthorn flew me to the drop point in his beat-up cutlass black. Despite being rusted and worn the ship made easy work of the flight. It was dark but we had our low visibility running lights on and I could clearly see very broken terrain and a barren forest that had died off years ago. Blackthorn finally set the cutlass down and I moved the several hundred meters to the last known location we had on George. I was cautious and approached the designated point using low terrain and gullies to hide my approach. Good old George was stupid, and I easily slipped past several of his trip mines before I found him. Unlike my earlier experiences, I wasn't caught by surprise and easily put two into his helmet. I withdrew from the area and got my pickup from Blackthorn. On the way out I heard Blackthorn talking on the radio to someone. I didn't catch it all but he said something like holy crap that's one cold fish. I asked him about it after he got off the radio, but he just gave me this strange look. Overall, it was an enjoyable evening work and I got home in time for dinner. Well that's good and he could still eat after all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember the early George Dumont. <laughs> <Everything> was... 
accidental a, shootings. Yeah, a little more confident, huh? <laughs> um, excellent, cool stuff. Cool stuff, dude. Um, we did get one tip slash trick from Great White Shadow. And he said, listening to the latest episode for checkoff, you can no longer put multiple gadgets on a rock. If you're having trouble calibrating the gadget, try removing it and reattaching it. Sometimes the interaction with the device is not accurate to where your mouse is. I sometimes need to slowly move my mouse until I see the part I'm trying to interact with light up. I try to find a flat spot on the rock and the ground I'm standing on before placing the gadget. <clears throat> if you want easy mode while mow mining with the full crew, I feel like we did talk about this. No, we didn't. Uh, three Hofstad twos with focus three modules was mining with the crew the other day. And we had full green uh, zone on every rock we mined. The largest was 66 K mass. Uh, that's a good one. Great white shadow. Thank you. Um, Seaguard, any tips or tricks? Not really. Um, I would say, um, well, one, uh, actually, Lester Roth and I kind of worked through this one together. So, like I said early on, he wanted to try out one of my ships. Mm. First of all, he was able to access my ship. I was able to get him into the ship. I had to start it for him, and I had to get it out of the hangar, but uh, basically open the door, but. As soon as that happened, I got out of the sea. He got in and he flew it out, and I dropped off the back ramp. Um, but the uh, and he was able to log out and then sleep in it, so he was able to hang mm-hmm. on that ship for a couple of days. the The most important, I guess, tip would be that he wanted to upgrade the ship, and I was going to fly to him and then transfer the ship to him. Uh, it's just not efficient because then I have to fly with him to go to each of these spots to pick it up. So what we came mm-hmm. up with is that if you're going to borrow someone's ship and you want to have it fixed up, just have that person fly around and pick up the parts. And he did. He said, go to this location. I'll put the money in your account, buy two of these and install them. Um, and it worked fantastic. I mean, it took us yeah. 20, 30, it took us about 30 minutes to get it all kitted out and everything with all the weapons you wanted. But uh, once I brought it to him, he got to test it out the way he wanted to and was able to do that, I think, over two days. Uh, without issue, so it's a good way to test the ship if you if you're not sure if you want to spend money on it or upgrade to it in game. Um, so that's that's the tip, I guess. All right, um, excellent. I I'm, I'm back in that excellent, excellent, hundred percent. Right. Um, Thumbs up. I don't that know if don't I, I... <laughs> don't don't. don't. <laughs> all right, all right. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to actually. I was trying to do the Owen Wilson, and I forgot to. Wow, wow. I stayed in the Matthew McConaughey. Um. Uh, oh, I don't know if I already said this before in the podcast, but I'm going to reiterate it just in case. Uh, for those who take the um the missions for uh, either a vulture or a reclaimer. If you're doing the salvage missions that you pay for uh, definitely, especially the more expensive ones like the 20 K and 50 K ones. If you roll up to the ship and you scan it with the scanner and nothing comes up in the cargo hold, 
double check the cargo hold because I'm finding that sometimes it doesn't scan. So just make sure you look. And if you do, um, unfortunately, you're probably not going to be able to figure out what it is. But I do know some of the bad stuff is gray and green. <laughs> so uh, if you see something gray and green, chances are you have to go to the no questions asked terminal. I always recommend going to the salvage yards um, like Brio's break yard or, or something like that. Um, all righty. So that brings us to full science. Alrighty, so uh, first up, Jandal said, I upgraded two weapons with guns from a salvage ship just before bounty hunters sent me to Klesher. The new guns remained on the ship despite not having been stored. Following day, Jandal, update. The next time I logged in, the new weapons were gone, just a bug apparently. Um, no, I would say, I think FYI, Jandal, and those who don't know, same thing with the guns in your gun rack. They will persist, but I think you have to make a change to the ship loadout when you add them so that the loadout manager recognizes that that change was made, you know? So like all the other components that you normally load on your ship, you, you add them via loadout manager. And so it saves, uh, in this instance, those things haven't been saved on the ship as the loadout, so the it doesn't store on the server. So you'd have to actually put the new guns on the ship, go back somewhere, land it, change the loadout, and that could just be unequipping, saving, and re-equipping something. And then the guns will persist then, I think. That's my understanding, at least. Um, Seagard, have you done anything for science? Uh, um, I know I did. Um, I, I, I can't think of what it was. I was going to say something, but, uh, I guess it would be a, a little bit of a tip and a little bit of a science together. It's not really science. I guess I, anyway, we'll go for it. All right. So if anyone's out there trying to figure out, um, you know, some of the, like uniform combinations that are effective. Um, yeah. You know, the, they there are quite a few ways. It, it's easy to get confused when you're fighting against real players on who's who because we all wear similar armor. So mm. if you're trying to form a crew or a group, you know, you can, you can pick your armor uh, to match and then then you have a new problem, and that is, how do you know who's who? You can see their heads, you know, their markings above their head, but there's another way to do this also. You can determine their role. And what we've found is when we do wear a common type of armor, it's usually ADP armor, um, and, you know, it's great. I found that gray really, really works well. Um, it works in snow. It works in the desert. It works in an in interior environment the gray armors tend to be much better than a white or a black or a green um, for overall versatility. Um, the, the way to kind of tell some of the ways you can indicate 
what you are, what role you're playing is, you know, a lot of people wear like the, like the red undersuit with the white armor and they have, they're the medic, right? Um, another way you could do that is do a white helmet, right? You could, you're kind of a little bit of stand out with the helmet, but at least it indicates, oh, the guy with the white helmet is the medic. If you're the mm-hmm. guy in charge of a team or a squad, well, you wear the red helmet. Everyone else has got the green helmet. If you're a captain, maybe you wear a gold helmet. And we used to do that a while back, and it was it was kind of fun. It's not only play play wise; it's kind of fun to have that differentiation in the in the thing. But you could also, you know, like Napoleon said, "Give me a tin ribbon, and I'll conquer the world." Um, mm. Recognizing people's abilities by just giving them a simple new helmet uh, to wear that stands out a little bit it sometimes can get you you know a long ways towards having a good time in a game. So consider your armors and consider your uh, your uh, ways that you differentiate your roles, uh, maybe by using the colors. Yeah. Since I, since I prefer to have the same uniform, I'm hoping one day they can almost have like insignia or something you could put on in addition to Absolutely. the uniform, yeah. like stickers or, or, you know, like, um, it would be tra- it would be great. It would be fantastic. Like um, almost like navy uniforms or 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 right. you know uniforms in the service having the different markers on the shoulders and everything. Right. And yeah, I you know I kind of uh, I'm a little you know me I'm a little bit of a fashion diva. I try to always come up with I always I don't he is a fashion sets. diva. I don't mix and match sets, but you know like I do have a. Uh, I do have my armor, different types of armors, and I definitely mm. like different colors. So, I still favor my favorite is still one of the earliest ones I got as a subscriber is that Venture Voyager. Venture Voyager, man, that's a great suit. It looks good. It works great. Um, I really well, like the Mac Flex. I really do. somehow I ended up. So, yeah, I do too. Um, a lot actually. I've been wearing, I've been rocking the white Mac Flex with the uh, with Red the trim. gray, the gray. gray, yeah, gray, white, and uh, orange. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what it is though. Like, funny now. Granted, while my org, the org that I founded, isn't really super active right now. You know, outside of just sort of our normal. Yeah, it's our normal group. Um, group that's just everybody but you know obviously it'll become more active as mm-hmm. as science gameplay comes up and everything but um the uh the funny part is i was trying to move away from the color scheme of the org of of parlay past yes <laughs> i still ended up with the, the same color scheme because i thought it looked good yeah and i was like uh why did I do that to myself? But I'm like, yeah. you know what? I don't care. Yeah. I like the color scheme. There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. I, so. <laughs> I have a lot of the armor, but uh, armor. And I, you know, it's funny because I really do look at like the number of items you can carry. And, and like you, I'm a little bit of, I try to be a little bit of a realist, given that it's all virtual and it's fake and it's based on mm. sci-fi on top of it, which is kind of ironic. So to be a realistic is, you know, realist is a little bit ironic, but, uh, or ridiculous. 
but I do find that, you know, I, I tend to stay in the lighter armors and I tend to stay in armor that's more functional. Um, I, you know, I really like the PAB dash one combat armor. It's, it's not the high tech one. It's, it looks like an older version. It's light armor. Looks great for a ground armor. It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I also like the Mac flex. If I could get Mac flex in yellow, I would wear it as high visibility or orange high visibility. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. um, those types of things. Um, I definitely even like the basic white. Uh, well, that would be a tip. You know, I don't know how many times now I probably have 20 sets of white uh, undersuits with the white venture helmet. And guess what? I've got at least one on every ship I freaking fly. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> but, well, occasionally, if I forget a helmet, I use that helmet, right? But I keep it in the ship. If someone gets on and says, ah, I forgot my stuff, grab the suit. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, someone's been injured and they've been looted or whatever, grab the suit. <laughs> yeah. On the Carrick, for example, you know, how, how helpful would that be? You know? uh, but most people are dying in their suits. But... Uh, but it just I mean, it comes I in handy, really. and I find them. Uh, I found 18 okay. helmets the other day stacked up. I scooped them all up. <laughs> Sorry. You're like 18 white helmets. <laughs> you're like a space hoarder, huh? I am. I am. <laughs> I um, I literally, I mean, I know I say this all the time, but I can't <clears throat> wait till we have the locker lockers yeah. in game and oh. i can't wait for more of the ability to like i can't wait to have an org have the ability to store uniforms so that when new people come in we can just give them to them yeah yeah exactly exactly um, i'm excited for those days you know, I'm starting. Way. I'm starting to carry now because I have some skins for ships. I'm starting to carry different color skins on the ship with me, and I'm carrying mm-hmm. different colors of the same armor on the ship with me with matching weapons. So if I, I'll have like three types of heavy armor. They're all the same type, but one's the tan, one's the white, one's the you know the camo, uh, mm-hmm. the green, and then I'll have my tan color for my cutlass black my paint and I'll have my green, my lizard mm. green, and I'll have my, you know, camo for stone and you know, dust and everything else. So, uh, yeah, now I can kind of sync up for the missions. Right. But, yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is they did say sort of, they didn't quite say specifically, um, for everything, but they did say like, for instance, they'll create, you know, movable separate gun racks so that if you needed to store extra guns somewhere right. in your, you know, on the cargo grid, you could. So I could imagine they'll probably have cases for suits and stuff like that, or maybe even freestanding suit lockers that you could yeah. put on the cargo grid too. That would be cool. Um, very good. So that brings us to your question.
Alrighty, so the last recording you had said or asked, in the Stanton system, each planet has one major city and one orbital station. Um, how will CIG handle this in more established systems that have billions of people and much bigger and more numerous cities? Um, so Captain Kieran said, I would think that they can populate cities easily enough. The amount of cities isn't the main focus. Not every city is going to have a spaceport. The spaceport is going to be the defining feature. Each planet will likely have one spaceport or a handful like we know Earth has more than one already. If it were me, I would have each planet have just one spaceport. They have that freedom to flesh out the lore and use that as their guide for planets. Planets that have very... Very settled and unified populace would be more likely to have just one spaceport. Earth has multiple because of the contentious nature of our global relations. Um, I will be honest with you, Captain Kieran. I don't know if that's carries its. I don't know if uh, it's contentious in twenty nine fifty three. Um. Cybear said, considering we already have ArcCorp with a population of 2 trillion people, I expect they will do future giant cities in much the same way. You can see all of it, but the zones you can traverse on foot will be limited. Um, as Gateman said, maybe one major spaceport on an orbitable, orbitable, <laughs> an yeah. orbitable. Oh my God, I did it again. An orbital. I promise no gummies. I had a couple whiskeys, only two. Uh, maybe one major spaceport on an orbital space station, then a commercial taxi that takes you to landing zones on the planet to avoid congestion in atmosphere. Uh, Tauvo said D, <laughs> which I think was in relationship to the previous question, which was strategic alliance of industrial operators. <laughs> a suggestion for what we call what Parlay House is. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but it came out of the blue. <laughs> it's like D, all of the above. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zim said, hoping I understand the question correctly, Arc Corp already sets a pretty solid and realistic precedent for how we'll see planets with massive populations handled. Given how bespoke and highly detailed CIG's cities are, I'm plenty content with there just being one of these cities on each major planet, especially once we have modular interiors to visit around the rest of these highly populated planets. Genly Annoyed said, I would think that the planets with larger numbers of cities will be hubs for short haul activity stationed to planet side. Perhaps a station in a fancy orbit that allows for timed runs as the station makes its way around the planet, giving a time window to get to the surface and back to minimize the cost per trip. In this vein, I am thinking passenger runs. Perhaps there would be stations parked in specific spots for industry so that the supply chain is stable and kept away from the pesky tourist activities. Shanty towns would be pretty neat on a large planet that allows for a large area for pirates to stage out outside of an armistice zone, but still accessible for provisions in the city, patrolling and cleansing as part of a militia or call-to-arms type mission. 
Lastly, the research outpost that is at the end of a long supply tether, relying on supplies to do their work as they are unable to provide their own. Some of these may not be innocent either and lead some to espionage or tech theft related mission types. Perhaps a bit of overreach on the question asked. Uh, Connect 2099 said, by the time the game releases, I suspect CIG will have procedural tools in place to manufacture cities as needed, much like they will space stations. I think they will control the traffic to these cities by predetermining the size of the spaceport and the commodities available, and even toggling quests that might start or finish there. So that was the the populace. Yeah. I think. What do you think? I think the way. Well, you were asking it, I think it's sort of, and if I recall correctly, it was really spurred by the topic of that hub and spoke bottle we were talking about with relationship to the stations being the cargo hubs for the, right. the cities and planets. Right. Um, I think we'll see a variation of things, quite frankly. I um, hope. I don't, yeah. Like. I think we'll see some planets that have multiple stations, multiple landing zones. Sometimes we won't. And I think it'll be based on what gameplay is necessary, what lore is there and, you know, why, um, you know, a couple things we don't have in Stantum right now that we know we will have shanty towns on the perimeter of, um, Lorville, um, where you might be able to have access to mission givers, have alternate traversal routes for, um, pirates or and or smugglers smuggling things in illegally. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, we don't have uh, what they anticipate as large green zones, like a large park on Arc Corp. As well as, you know, they did say Area 18 wasn't going to be the only landing zone. We also don't have Lorville, or not Lorville, but Hurston is supposed to have kind of a more um, spa-like retreat for executives. That's something that supposedly is supposed to exist on Hurston in a nicer part. Now, we did see recently pictures of new trees uh, being added to Hurston or what looked like Hurston. It could have been layer three mm-hmm. or layer two for all we know. But, um, you know, that um, is another thing. And then we still don't have the gates between the asteroid belt that our corp has that are massive, that allow you to actually transit between one side of the belt and the other. Right. Yeah. Um, Those jump gates. Right. So, yeah. 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 So I, you know, I, I wonder like Stanton is kind of interesting in that fact that it has three separate entities running three separate planets. Right. And you could potentially four. Four. That's right. You could, yeah, four. Um, technically, you could be a cargo person coming from outside the system and want to go to any of those directly. On the mm-hmm. other hand, when you get into a bigger um, UEE system, those planets may be separate, but one of them is going to be the primary hub in some cases. And then a lot of traffic is going to go there. Um, and it's going to be, you know, like in anything else, you're going to have. Uh, a cargo side and a civilian passenger side, mm-hmm. um, not only going to the planet, but also leaving the planet. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to want to have illicit ways. Um, if, if they can sell an entire planet to a company, then they can certainly sell parts of a planet to a company. And that company would have the right to maintain their mm-hmm. own little 
satellite system or a space station above it and even their own landing zone to maybe do reputable things or just unreputable or disreputable things, right? Um, yeah. Illicit cargo entry points. Um, and, and um, you know, the, the routing of traffic, right? You could, you know, security can only provide it in certain areas. If you can provide security equally in all areas, then pirates' lives are going to suck in the game. Mm. So it does behoove us as players to have routes that are more profitable for pri- pirates to hit, but more dangerous and more um, easier pickings where there's less security or vulnerabilities. So, yeah. um, and I think that, you know, I just imagine something like new earth or soul, I guess it is soul and earth, you know, being pretty significant economic powers. Um, Mm. Right. So the amount of traffic that's coming into them and out of them is going to be overly large. Right. Well, it is still the it is still the um, hub for the UEE. So the the, mm-hmm. the the Senate meets in New York. Um, That's right. Forgot about that. You know, granted, the there are people pushing to try and move the um, capital of the UEE to Terra, right? Because they feel like it's the promise of what Earth was, but now it's a more egalitarian type, you know. Right, um, futuristic look at what humanity can be, um, but you know, I, the thing I would say that that when people are thinking about this, and this isn't a reaction to anyone's answer so much, but Stanton's a unique system in the sense that you're not going to see as many landing zones per system, typically. Correct. Um, That's what I think. I think you're going to see few in Stanton. Enough to meet a company's needs, but something like Soul or Terra is going to be totally different. Yeah, I mean Terra will have quite a few, Soul will have quite a few, but most other systems might only have one, maybe two. Right. Um, you know, and I think we will get more minor landing zones in Stanton, right? So maybe not the hub landing zone. Of right. you know, they're not they won't be the same as Lorville or Area 18, but we know that Area 17, Area 21, those are gonna be smaller hubs. Mm-hmm. Um we can we don't know about microtech. Um I think microtech will probably remain as it is. Um right. they'll probably increase the amount of research outposts or something. Yeah. And um, I, I I guess yeah. the one per planet is a suitable answer. I mean, it works right now, but yeah, for playability, wow, it would be so cool to have systems that have stations that are geared towards cargo, right? All planets bring their cargo to it, and all of it leaves the station or leaves the station for other planets from that station. And civilian mm-hmm. traffic goes more direct routes and Maybe the cargo station is closer to a Lagrange point with a wormhole. Um, you know, it, there's so much there, um, and it forces like security forces to be concentrated, which means you got to balance: do I leave the civilian shipping lines open, or do I do commercial shipping lines? 
you know, there's yeah. so many more opportunities. Whole sections could have been abandoned through the years. So even in a system like Sol or Terra, you could have areas, let's say, around the moon, which are largely abandoned. And pirates yeah. could thrive there or <laughs> smugglers. Uh, I think there's just a lot of ways to shape playgrounds in a system. Well, and also, also there's the player-driven content, right? So, you know, the dynamic economy isn't just going to be, you know, it's going to benefit players in some ways because in the future, and this is, I would say this is 10% speculation, 90% likely just based on what we've heard so much before from, from Chris Roberts and, and CIG in general, like when we have homesteads, they can end up being tiny villages. And they even said, they even said that like, they're not done building out some of these planets. They'll have, you know, towns and villages and other things like we're we're already seeing they're going to have more outposts in stanton but um when we have our homesteads right um and if it becomes kind of like a small village or like a good chunk of of space then ultimately we can always request um delivered resources right we can we can put that um mission on the mission board and have somebody delivering resources to our, you know, uh, location. And that will create more content on some of these planets than just what we have initially. The other thing I was thinking about is, you know, part of the challenge that CIG is going to have, especially it's not just, it's, it's not just with soul, but earth in general, the way that they planned that initially was definitely based on when landing on a planet was on rails. And yes. so they have a lot cut out for them. It might be easier for them to just have earth get destroyed, quite frankly. All roads lead to Rome. <laughs> because they've got three landing zones on earth. Um, uh, Moscow. Uh, yeah, Moscow. Is it Shanghai or Hong Kong? I, I think Hong it's Shanghai. Is Shang- okay, I'll go with you. Shanghai. Well, it's one of one of the one of That's those right. two. That's right. I think it might be Hong Kong. Actually, right. I can't remember. It's Moscow, Hong Kong, or Shanghai. Can't remember which. And New York. But then there's the rest of the country or the rest of the world. Yeah. Like they've got a. I'm guessing. I guess will be they will put some kind of gamified they have really strict no fly zones in on earth that'll be my guess yeah you know another thing is like right now i mean i can already envision um stations changing significantly even in stanton like mm. does why would lorville have an identical space stage or the, the hurston this mighty empire of productivity have a standard space station orbiting, orbiting their planet. Why wouldn't that thing be black marble and gold statues inside and everything else? Right. Well, because they're not, they're not, see, I'm not surprised at that with, with Hurston because they're not, the space station isn't for the elite of Hurston. It's for the grunts. I'm more surprised at crusader 
with Seraphim because I would have, I thought the one thing that I think I had pretty wrong uh, on my guess compared to me. (laughs) No, but I got a lot right. But the thing I got wrong was I thought it would be more unique than the R and R stations because uh, crusader is so tourism driven. Right. Um, and that doesn't seem to be the case. It looks pretty standard. We'll probably get more advertisements in the station or something. Absolutely. Um, and I, I can see that, be that the being the best station. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I could see it being the best station, um, but it's still going to be an R&R. Yeah. And I say I could see some of the planets actually owning the station. All right. Uh, and it representing like, I, you know, I would have almost expected that of Crusader, right? They should... The interior should look like you're arriving at Crusader, kind of like it's the yeah. front gate. Um, Lowerville, I could argue yeah. that, yeah, it is a construction one, but there's probably an elite section, which is you don't land there. You know, only 890 jumps land there. All right, one one terminal, um, you yeah. know, things like that. Um, and um, some planets are going to be, you know, military-based. They're going to have military-based type stations with, you know, civilian attachments to them, right? They're going to be predominantly military. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think, you know, there's more to come. So, yeah, it's good to and discuss. That, that they was, might that, throw that, in more variation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, cool. I love it. Um, so, uh, let's see. What is your question for this week? Okay, so as well, you and I read this together because I wanted to make sure I got it right. It's already mm-hmm. posted, but the question is: um, as there will be many star systems, but only a few ship manufacturers, should all ships be available in all systems? And then part two is: given that this probably won't be the case, how should we be able to obtain them? as first-time buys or as insurance replacements. So in other words, do you just show up and order your ship and it gets delivered to you? And if you it gets blown up, it gets delivered to you again? Or is it one of these things that I can't buy Drake in this system? I have to go all the way over to this system to buy Drake, and they'll only deliver my insurance claim at this location where it's sold, right? Um, I have mm. to catch a ride there to go pick up my ship and bring it back. Gameplay simplicity says it just pops up in my hangar. Easy. Yeah. Right. Um, but again, that is maybe, maybe, you know, there's just a lot of opportunities. Maybe it's only, it could be delivered for an additional amount of money. Right. I don't know. So just wanted to catch everybody's thoughts on that. So two parts. Are all ships available everywhere? Um, I hope not. I hope there's variations of those ships. Like you could get a Argus version of the Cutlass Black, for example, or something like that, right? Uh, some systems you'd fly that instead of the Cutlass Black, you'd fly the Argo. Uh, I'd love diversity. Mm. So that's the question. All right. Excellent. Um, we did get a few questions this week for us. So first of all, CN Fries said, are we ever getting an update on the Orion? If so, when should it be in game or start to be worked on? What do you think, Seagard? 
Um, it, it's it's been intriguing to me. Also, I I would love to see an update on it. Um, it is an end, you know, not an end game because there's no real end game in this. Uh, but it's a it's a cool ship, and mining is definitely fleshed out quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's probably on hold due to the economy. Uh, there's also other ships in front of it, but uh, excited to see it for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the economy, it's multi-crew gameplay. Um, I also think... Oh, good like, point. I hadn't thought about that. I also think that they don't have asteroids big enough in the game yet for it. And I think part of that reason is for, you know, cost on the server. So definitely, I mean, they did a lot of work on it. Um, I have a feeling they're going to have to do the same thing as they've done with a lot of other ships and reconcept it on the plus side, Orion, the Orion is an RSI ship. However, it's an RSI industrial. So, on the positive side of things, they're working on RSI capitals now, and Orion is a capital class mining ship. That's RSI, so they'll be able to use some assets over again, but there will be some differences between an industrial RSI ship and a non-industrial. So um, I have a funny feeling, because there were rumors that we were going to get something in between a mole and an Orion, and it was going to be a RSI mining ship. Yeah, I have a feeling if that's the case, that'll come first as the template for what they do with the Orion. Yeah. Good Plus, points. the Orion has a lot more mechanics. I don't think the Orion is worth bringing in the game until we have uh, scanning improvements for exploration and the ability to save markers because you're not going to bring the Orion out to find things. You're going to bring it out to places you know things are already at. The, you know, it's funny because another thing about the Orion, I always had in my mind, you know, it has tractor beams, right? Yes, um, and cutting and, beams. And I knew that the tractor beams could pull things into the into the tube, which is like filled with that a grinder. grinder right? mm-hmm. And I knew that. But in my mind, I always had this feeling that those tractor beams would be able to push away objects that were going to collide with the ship. I think so too. Right. Um, and, and while you were talking about, you know, your response to the mine, to the Orion, I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool even if they got it in as a non, it's basically a non player ship initially. You just, if you had one, you can mm-hmm. give it instructions and it just continuously mines and then it'll call you when it's full and you take your cargo ship out there and cross load and bring it back. Even, even though you can't get on it and everything, you just kind of fly up to it. Watch it mine. That would be fun. Yeah. The other thing, too, uh, Sam's eyes, uh, the Orion comes with drones, and drone gameplay isn't in yet. Uh, and it also, supposedly, when they first talked about it in the design doc, it's supposed to have, like, these specific missiles that they launch into the asteroid to better understand its structure so that you know how to break it better. I forgot about that. 
it analyzes the asteroid better. So it like embeds itself in, it figures out where you're supposed to hit it with the lasers and it helps you crack it better. It's almost like having a, um, uh, one of those attachments that you, a mining gadget that you shoot at it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that actually comes out to play, but that, that was the original design doc talked about that stuff. You know, you know, I just had an interesting thought. Wouldn't it be funny if the RSI ship mining ship was not a mining ship, but it was a mining vehicle? I mean, it would be. That would be cool. Something the size of a mole that could go around and crawl and you know break up bigger objects on the planet. I don't think it will be because it was considered a large versus an extra large. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think but so either. It just I don't kind of know. I was like, well, that would be kind of cool. But who knows? It was a leak anyway, so we don't even know if yeah. it will yeah. exist or does. Oh, yeah. actually, we do know. It wasn't it a. Um, it wasn't it one of the ships voted on. Now I don't even know anymore. Now my brain's completely out of oh. out of whack. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then we have Captain Kieran. He said, "Do you guys have a go-to set of armor and weapons that you use all the time? If so." What are they slash is it? I'm a creature of habit and tend to rock the same gear all the time unless I find something cool in a bunker to replace something. Always heavy armor, always neutral colors, always LMG. We talked about this a little bit, but what what's your go-to? Yeah, I'd today? say um, outside of the bunkers, I'm wearing Mac Flex whenever possible. Um, usually the brown one that they, you know, I bought way back when, but... I often wear the uh, white one with the white suit, white helmet, and the yellow uh, Mac Plus chest, yellow uh-huh. chest plate core, I guess it is. And mm-hmm. then I can wear the backpack. Uh, that's another one I wear. Um, so I use that. I also use that uh, for my combat. I do have lots of heavies. Occasionally wear them, but I tend to wear the lighter armors for some reason. Um, mm. I have Pab one. Um, I really like that with the ADP. I think it's the G3 helmet. It's the smaller helmet, uh, but it's a light armor. It's it looks looks fine, and I really like. Uh, I just I think it looks different, so I wear that. Those are my favorites. Alrighty, um, I wear in this order um, Venture Voyager armor. Um. So not armor at all, flight suit. Uh, I wear the, when I need a backpack and when I need something more industrial, I wear the gray cat and I have it in the cherry red. So the gray cat armor with the backpack. And then I also sometimes wear, uh, and, and a lot of this is once once I die and I can't access it anymore, that's when I switch to these other things. Um, but then I also wear the, uh, um, the same one you mentioned, the green and brown um, Rust Society yeah. um, flight suit. Yeah. And also just the white Mac Flex, white um, undersuit, etc. Right. So those uh, are my comments. Oh, so my weapons, weapons. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't tell my weapons, but go with your weapons. No, you go first. first. But I, I just wear the, I get, uh, generally I get the, um, uh, what is it? The arc light pistol and the Galan mm-hmm. rifle. I prefer. Oh, nice. Usually three magazines of each. Uh, I also nice. wear a medical gun or a. I try to wear the pyro tool now more. 
mm-hmm. with the medical attachment and the mining attachment and a tractor beam attachment. I, actually, I switch salvage now for the medical or for the mining. Uh, and I carry typically two bottles of water in my leg armor. I carry a knife and I carry, um, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I have two food, usually two pouch food meals. Nice. I, um, I carry the devastator shotgun almost always and the, um, and some ammo if I have it and the, uh, arc light. If I have space for another weapon on top of that, I'll carry a sniper rifle. Um, I always have a multi-tool on me. And then I also, uh, a lot of the things that I wear have two utility slots. So I'm able to carry a multi-tool and a med gun. Yeah, that's, that's me. Um, Big Mac said, what quality of life feature have you wanted for a long time? For example, ordering gear to your home, quick loadouts, question mark. Um, you go first on this one. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited with the, the persistence we've been seeing in games. So like if I had more time, I would probably go and take my Carrick to a bunker and fill up my gun rack with guns and save that so that I always have guns on my Carrick. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of twofold one to have a place that I can physically store things so that when I want to, I can bring them aboard my ship. So really I would say like, uh, private hangers or, or persistent hangers, whichever ends up being the reality of that. Um, and then the other is just the suit lockers. Like I said earlier, I want suit lockers so I can store more, a variety of suits on a ship and be prepared for whatever environment I'm going to be in. I would, you know, I'm going to throw a real monkey wrench in here. Um, Having just thought about it, I would like to see inter-system travel on, you, know, you pay, buy a ticket and you fly to Crusader. Because mm. I, I always have to take my small ship there and take out another ship, and then I have to figure out how yeah. to get that small ship back, right? And I definitely like the way you can spread your ships out right now. Like all my, almost all my Drake ships are at Grim Hex right now, and my mining ships are spread out with my salvage ships in two different locations. And, um, and I definitely enjoy getting in a ship in civilian clothes, flying it to a location, getting out, um, and having a suit already on it. And when I get mm-hmm. there, just going over, if I don't need to put on a suit, I'm still in my civilian clothes. I get in my next ship and all my equipment stored there and I can just go do my thing. Um, I like that. So I think, yeah, inter-system travel would be fantastic. Mm. The other thing I wanted to say, too, is not just the suit lockers, but one other is having the food stations work on the ships. Oh, yeah, that would be good. I would love it. So that's, I really want it so that if I want to, I don't have to run back to cities right away. Right. Well, here's here's a tip for you. If you pick up the coffee cup in your room when you spawn in, mm-hmm. that coffee cup will stay in your inventory forever. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sorry. I always like to hang out. You know, I got my 
bearing hat on, my red sunglasses or my pink sunglasses. Um, and then I uh, always got some kind of, you know, coat on with jeans and boots and work gloves. Mm-hmm. But I like to have that coffee cup in my hand. <laughs> so I carry it on my ship. I take it off my ship. I put it down on the counter. <laughs> so it's pretty strange, I know. But you can collect them. You can have four or five of them every time you come in the game. I mean, and now we have the the subscriber coffee cups, too. That's right. That's right. I'm going to get the Big Benny one in addition. I think I am, too, yeah. I don't care about the Star Kitten one, though. Uh, it's not my Big Benny either. But what's the other one? A little blue whale or something? The blue whale one? Yeah, the, uh, the Finley the whale. Yeah, so that'll be another one. But I like that idea of just... I, for those of you who don't know, I, I just made, I realized that if I wear the pink glasses and the hat, um, generally it's easy to figure out who I am standing in a crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. Except for the one guy that's a security guard on was yeah. it, the, uh, Area 18. He looks kind of like me. It, no, the the head looks just like you. <laughs> don't It looks just like your character head. It's not even funny. And it wears a uh, they wear a cap, so if I didn't know any better, I would have thought it was you, because it looks just like your character, and it dresses like you, and you know, since since you walk at the same speed as the NPCs, yes, I do. There's no way to tell you apart if you were in Area 18 over there, except for the fact that that one guy just stands there the entire time like he's a greeter. <laughs> at least so they have the NPC scheduler. Yeah fully done i'm so i'm so strange i even go and try to sit in the bar at the end of missions or something and log out or sit in the chair facing the window take his helmet oh, no, off I, so he can breathe i like that stuff i'm into it too. well you know in the future in the future i think it's going to be frowned upon like it'll give you weird rep with <laughs> certain mission givers like especially once you're in more like you know, microtech, I think people are going to give you a weird look if you're sitting there in a spacesuit. I think mm-hmm. they're going to expect you're going to change out of it. So, you know, and you, I, here's what I find funny I and mean, interesting. They make it seem as though at the spaceport, if you are walking through security, it seems like they want you to deposit your weaponry into those little slot things in the side. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, so it almost looks like there's a, a deposit box on the side in the in the tunnel that you walk through that like would be to take like yeah. something dangerous away in. But then the Habs have gun racks. That you can't use. Currently. Yeah, I got all excited right. when I, I went I realized I said, I wonder if I can store a weapon there and wake up with it. That'll be my science thing. Well, I can't draw a weapon. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I mean, in the future, you should be able to, but, yeah. you know, and I would imagine pretty soon, because I do think we're going to see bounty hunting V2 very, like, not 320, yeah. but but not not far after, like, probably this year, latest, early next year. And with that, they have to do something with the armistice zones and or make it so that non-lethal weapons can be drawn. So they already tested that out with the little dark gun. Um <clears throat> Because you could draw that anywhere. So I think they'll have to have different classes if they're going to keep the armistice zones the way they are. 
but still then why do you have those and maybe they'll just rework that so that they get rid of it or they'll keep it and have like certain restrictions or maybe Hurston, for example, they probably won't have those gun racks in the L19 district because Hurston is very authoritarian with yeah, because uh, they don't even sell them. However, maybe in the like upscale rich person area, maybe you could keep a gum rack because you know you have a certain status on on the planet, and you're not one of those potential workers who would revolt. Right. Right. Absolutely. So uh, those are the last of the questions for us. Seagard, do you have any closing thoughts before we let our dear friends go? I don't. I don't. Okie dokie. Me neither. Um, yeah, I uh, don't have anything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm excited about my vacation next week, but I don't go till Friday. So we'll uh, have another recording. We'll have yeah. another recording by then. Um, so if you do have questions of your own folks or things you want to do for science, anything you want to tell us uh, from any of our topic areas, you can submit them by emailing us at citizencastsc at gmail.com. You can DM our Twitter handle. Um, who knows at this rate, I might even sign up, sign us up for one of those uh, threads because um, a lot of people join that app. Um, but I'm kind of lazy, so I probably won't do it. Um, <laughs> let's face it. I'm, I'm bad enough at posting on uh, Twitter. So um, it's not likely. Uh, and then you could also uh, submit a message through our uh Spotify for podcasters link. So it's kind of our show page on the web. You can uh, join our citizen cast discord. I think that's one of the best ways to engage with us because it does have all of the different topic areas separated and you can meet other members of the community. Uh, and last but not least, you can text us or leave a voicemail on our Google voice number six, four, six, seven, eight, three, eight, one, five, four. If you are, Oh, go ahead. Nope. After you, I've got an alibi. Go ahead. I just uh, breathe. It's a military thing, sorry. Oh, well, I mean, I know what an alibi is, but military-wise, I don't know. Um, Keep going. If you're out there looking for a crew, an org, or people to play with between those solo sessions, um, you know, as always, check out the Parlay House. It's a neutral zone for all players of all types to hang out, socialize, and enjoy Star Citizen. Um, Discord links can be found in the show notes. Um, and of course we do have friends of the show who are content creators. Don't forget to watch earth snorkel and undead parrot on YouTube. Um, you could listen to the music of Admiral Cody and Calibri, um, with links to their stuff. Uh, a lot of their music featured in the show, but also inspired by star citizen. They have a whole soundtrack. Uh, and of course, um, star jump has a fleet viewer that VM, XCO slash VMZO, which is how he pronounces it. Um, and Grim uh, did a lot of work on, and they also do a lot of Twitch streaming uh, and YouTube work, essentially. Well, replays of the stream. Uh, so, yeah, those are the fellow content creators. You had. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, something just popped in <laughs> or my an head. An alibi or whatever? Yeah, yeah. An alibi. So, you call an alibi on a rifle range or a pistol range when your weapon jams and you don't get to fire all your bullets. So, you know, you know, clear on the left, clear on the right, fire, you know, cease fire, cease fire, you know, present your alibis. I'll get a jam down here. 
you got to clear your weapon, fix it, and you get to fire that bullet down range because they don't want to bring bullets back. So it's called an alibi. Anyway, so what I wanted to mention was that something just came out with voice attack and more specifically the HCS voice packs that work with them. Uh, so they're, they, it's a pretty capable thing um, that this system does, right? It, you can control your ship, raise the shields, take off, land, raise landing gear, do all sorts of things, lock target. It, it really is pretty fun and useful to use. Um, I found that I enjoy it. But what they recently came out with was the ability to set conditions on your ship with a single command. So you can say, go to attack mode, and it would maybe group all your weapons together, you know, switch to missiles, and put your front shields to max power, right? You could go, mm-hmm. go defensive, and it would prioritize your power to your shields and your engines and less to the weapons. Um, it's a cool capability. You can have multiple, you know, conditions set that you just activate with a, with a verb uh, or a command. So... I, I have to go check it out, but I want to check if you can go mining mode. Maybe it'll click it over to mining mode, set up your lasers the way you want them, and then uh, you know set your power the way you want it, and then front load your front shield so you don't take damage. Right? Uh, scanning mm. mode. Maybe you know it'll reset the power for you. So uh, I thought that was worth mentioning. Um, if you haven't looked at it, there's quite a few. Um, videos on it out there and and uh i think you'll you'll find it overall an enjoying way to play especially if you're a solo player if you're a solo player you'll definitely enjoy it so mm. so that's what i want that's what i just had forgotten to mention that and i thought oh that's a good one to mention so it is a good one to mention for sure yeah yep all righty then well that dear friends concludes another episode of citizen cast we will see you next week Look at that. A slow week, and we still can crank out two hours. Oh, yeah. Those were good conversations. That's yes. right. Imagine yes. if Chekhov were here to say what? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> what did you say? I was trying to reach him this evening about something with work, and I, he, I missed him. So I got to talk to him earlier. Probably out voting. I don't know. I don't know. He's been pretty busy lately. Been a lot of work so, for him, especially. Yeah, it's funny too. Usually, the summer is kind of quieter for people. Yeah, it's just been we've been cranking, so it's been good. It's good. I've been. I was saying. I was saying to my roommate, I'm like, I've been on the phone all day, all week, like at least five plus calls. It's a lot. I've been busy, so it's a good sign at least. Yeah, yeah. Mine's all stuff like. Figuring out how to how to properly use one of our systems. It's kind of a new system, and try to have a, it's a resource management capability. I'm trying to flesh it out and use it the right way. But anyway, lots of stuff. Cool, <laughs> cool. Yeah, 